mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hello. Welcome to Telling Everybody Everything December 21st with Christmas round the corner. Thank you for listening if you are not too shit-faced to do so. I love it. I love the British pub time Christmassy vibes. I hope that you are all out. Drinking responsibly, though. Being shit-faced, you know, I did say that a minute ago. I think that's a really bad idea for anyone because then you sacrifice, well, a lot of just personal dignity, but also the next day. And there might be fun things around the corner for you to do the next day. It's not worth it. Just drink a bit. Have like a nice champagne cocktail. I've been seeing some nice gin cocktails influenced to me on social media. And I'm going to make one soon. The thing is, there is mixed opinion about whether you can drink and breastfeed. Basically, I think you can moderately. Um, And yeah, I'm sure there are people who will write me and be like, no, Catherine, none. Whatever, you're wrong. But like... When you're looking after small children, you need as much energy as you can have. And the reality is that a tipple kind of inhibits that. Oh, yeah. So we had the baby. The baby is called Fena Grace. She is a girl. Fena is a very common um, Netherlands name. It's from Friesland, which is this, like northern part of Holland, where my husband's family's from. Most of you who listen will already know, uh, tragically, my husband's dad died when he was really young, and his dad was Dutch, um, Kutstra. None of you can say it or spell it. Um, similarly, none of you can say or spell Fena. It blows my mind that England is so close to Ireland, yet you struggle to say any Gaelic or Celtic names. Siobhan, Aoife, even Roisin and Ashling have their names misspelled and mispronounced. That's wild to me because where I come from in Canada, everyone knows how to say those names. And maybe that's because my dad's from Ireland and his friends were Irish and I'm like getting a, a, the wrong image of things, like a biased upbringing. But it just seemed like we knew how to say names that weren't directly from our country. But Britain, you cannot. And Fena could not be a more easy to understand name. All right, let's say you don't know how to spell it. I'm stood in front of you and you say, what's that baby's name? I say, Fena, and I even help people out. I say, Fena, kind of like Gemma, but Fena, you know, because I know you're stupid, and <laughs> you. everyone says back to me, every single person thus far has said, Fena? 
And I go, no, listen, I know my accent isn't doing the letter A. I know that. It is F-E-N-N-A. And I understand that it is an uncommon name in Britain. I get that. But it is phonetically very straightforward. You say it how it sounds. And this baby is not even black. My God, people with ethnically um, non-British names, I only know a little tiny sliver of your pain, but holy shit, especially a lot of these like African Nigerian names, you say them exactly like they're spelled, but people see a name that they haven't seen before and they panic. I think that's what happens. They just, you could just read it and say it how it is, or you could go, I don't know what the name is and shit the bed. And that's what's happening here. And Fana, as you will have probably already figured out, is one dangerous letter away from being a very vulgar name in this country. So I need people to get it right. It's a beautiful name. It rhymes with Hannah. I don't know, Senna. It's Fana. It means peace. It's actually maybe the best name I've ever heard. I look at this baby, I'm like, oh my God, Fana. I wish my name was Fana Grace. I think it's gorgeous. It's a name that we had picked out. We had a boy name, also Dutch, picked out, but you never want to commit to these names until you meet the baby because like you don't know who they're going to be if they're going to suit the name. This little girl suits Fena so much. She is so peaceful thus far. She is my favorite baby. Is she my favorite child? Is she my favorite person? That's yet to be determined, but there will be a contest. Currently though, best newborn you could ever hope for. Like gorgeous, sleepy, smiley, really loves me like she looks in my eyes and she's like I know exactly who you are she just seems smart to me long fingers long feet long legs just everything that I don't have that I hoped for my daughter Violet's just got so many beautiful qualities too that I don't have I have Fred's exact body that's fine you know I'm not body shaming Fred but he's an 18 month old boy those are my legs and I'm 39 okay so before I get into it I have a few people to thank Private Midwives. This is a company that I'd heard of because I have friends who had used them for home births before. Um, You will know that the NHS is, well, whatever you want to call it, under attack, some might say. There are nurses strikes. Meanwhile, there are ambulance strikes, postal strikes, airline strikes. Uh, What other strike? There was another really important one. Oh, rail strikes. Like everyone right now is just saying, can we please have 10% more money because of inflation and everything else. And our government's like, no. Meanwhile, they work in like a castle. Okay. I support everyone striking 100%. This is how negotiation is done. This is how it's been since the beginning of time. They ask for more. They deserve more. Can we please just be done with it and give them what they deserve? Maybe that money doesn't exist. But let's find a plan for when and how it can exist and stop clapping for these people Those claps are actually just slaps in the face, you know, like, well, thanks, but you're on the poverty line. Bullshit. So I didn't want to put myself in the queue at the NHS. I didn't want to have my baby in an NHS hospital. I didn't want to use an NHS midwife service. I just, I don't want to tip into those resources whatsoever. And it was my greatest fear that something might happen that would transfer me to hospital because I've heard, you know, uh, I know that everyone in the hospital is doing their best, but I've heard of wait times. I've heard of people, you know, not being seen in a timely manner and having their baby in a hectic, chaotic way or God forbid, 
being injured. This is not what I want. I also wanted to avoid medical intervention or a C-section. Those of you who've had C-sections, maybe you had a great experience. Uh, No shame at all in having a C-section. What you want at the end of your labor is for you and your baby to be on earth safely. That is your journey. And if you complete that journey, whatever route you took was the correct one. But I didn't want to have a C-section, even though I have girlfriends who've actually had elective C-sections and loved them. I just feel like that's major abdominal surgery. It's I've had two babies vaginally. I think I can do it again. Fred was the quickest birth. Violet was also very quick, both straightforward, both in hospital. But I thought this time, let's try it at home. I've heard wonderful things about private midwives. So they have different packages that are very affordable um, and they do so much. As time went on, I actually feel like they get ripped off because they do so many visits from the beginning. They will come take your bloods and they write all these notes. And I haven't been reading the notes. Maybe they're slagging you off in the notes. I don't know. I should read the notes, but there are so many notes. Um, They look at your medical history. They can hook you up with an obstetrician if they feel like you need one, which is what happened with me. They're like, you have lupus, Catherine. You're 39. Let's get a few extra eyes on this. Fine. They, um, They come and check on you. They do the baby monitoring while you're pregnant. They have all these timed visits. You can reach out to them. You can ask them questions. They're great. And then those visits increase. And then when you give birth, they turn up. They can get a pool delivered to you. They can get gas and air delivered to you. They are experts. They come with an assistant midwife. So you get two. And they just deal with the whole situation. Whether that situation takes 18 minutes or 18 hours, they're there. And then in my package, they come and see you afterwards as well. So um, my midwife was here today just like checking on Fena, doing all her like obs and vitals and writing more notes. And she's just such a wonderful woman. And I said to her, you know, the amount of work you're putting into this, it's not worth it, is it? And I think she was slightly offended. She's like, well, I like to think my job has meaning. That's not what I meant. I meant, holy shit, you are constantly on the road visiting women, bringing new life into the world. I feel like being a doula or a midwife or a nurse, these jobs have so much meaning. And there's they're the type of jobs I respect above all others. Something I would love to do if I was smart enough But now that I've seen the actual work that goes into it, like give these people whatever they want. I ripped off private midwives and I need to be paying them maybe triple what I did, maybe more. Um, So if it's something that you're looking into doing a home birth, do it. Oh, and I had private midwives with Fred, even though I didn't have a home birth. I had Fred very briefly in the hospital, in the private hospital, because people were a little bit nervous, not the midwives, but just like the medical community in general are like, eh, maybe you should have in a hospital. You can still have the private midwives for all the checks and so you don't have to go into the hospital and wait to do your bloods and do all of that. And also right now everyone's sick. Some people feel like a hospital is not a safe place to be. I am sick at the minute. You can hear from my voice. This might be a little bit from the pushing that I had to do on Friday, well, mostly on Thursday. Here's how it all went down. I was expecting this baby to come. And I told everyone, I think Tuesday, I'm telling work, my agent, everybody else. I'm like, I kind of feel like I'm having the baby last Tuesday. This would have been December 12th, I think, or 13th. And um, on Tuesday, I decided to take castor oil. I told the babysitter, if you could come and hang out with Fred, 
I'm going to take this Indian oil that, by the way, is not recommended for you to take because it can stress out you and the baby and cause too many contractions. It basically irritates your intestine. You only take a little bit of it, maybe a tablespoon, but it gives you, you know, diarrhea basically. And then it also irritates your womb. If your womb is ready to have a baby, it might make your womb contract in the same way that it makes your intestine contract. And that's the wisdom behind it. If you're ready to go into labor, it might help the onset of your labor. This worked with Fred. I took castor oil. Fred was born so quickly. Um, So with Fena, Tuesday, I took castor oil. I had the babysitter here. Everybody's ready. I told Bobby what I was doing. Some time passes. Contractions did not start. I thought, oh, oh well, sometimes it doesn't work. Later that evening, we're all hanging out. The babysitter's gone. Contractions start. Bobby was a bit freaked out because they're right away. My contractions are very close together, like five minutes apart. So I text the midwife. I said, hmm. My contractions are quite close together. I'm using an app to track them, but I feel like this isn't it for some reason. I feel like we'll just monitor this and see how it goes. So Bobby was like, oh, I don't want to have the same scenario as I did with Fred where this baby just comes and I'm here all alone. Like, get the midwife here. I said, no, let's just wait. So the contractions continue and continue, but they didn't get more severe. They were regular, but like kind of gentle-ish enough that after a while I could fall asleep. And after I fell asleep, I woke up and they were gone. And I was like, well, that's weird. So the next day passes. I'm not in labor. I'm like, well, that's crazy. I take castor oil again. That evening, the contractions commence again. They're five minutes apart. It started at like 4 a.m. then. So that would have been Thursday morning, 4 a.m. These contractions start. And I thought, I'm getting up. I'm not going to go back to sleep and stop what I've already started. This baby wants to come. So I walk around, I get on the exercise ball, I'm downstairs with the coffee, texting the midwife, texting Bobby, just going, everyone, so you know, I'm having contractions, but they're not that serious yet. And then the contractions by about 10 a.m. kind of went away again. But by now the midwife is like, well, I'm going to come at 1230 and take a look at you. I said, great. She turns up. She says, well, you are three centimeters. This is Thursday, 1230 p.m. And I go, yeah. Well, it's weird to me that I would just be three centimeters. Why don't we do a sweep? So a sweep is what you do when you are full term. The midwife will kind of go in, examine you, and uh, kind of separate. the. It's difficult to say it in not a gross way. And the reason I'm kind of hesitant is because sometimes newspapers take what I say on the podcast and they print it and it sounds crazy. If I'm saying it to you on the podcast like a friend, you understand what I mean. But if you're reading it in black and white under like a Jeremy Clarkson column, then it seems quite sinister. They do an internal examination and they kind of make a circle with their fingers to just encourage the cervix away from the membrane that could uh, make the hormones kind of spike that will give you contractions. So she did this. And then she said, well, I'm going to stay nearby. I might just go down to the local like Waitrose. I said, "Okay, Violet and I are going to walk to the pub. See if it starts anything. The babysitter is back. We got everyone on deck in case it starts up. It started up immediately. The contractions are starting again and they're stronger now. And I said to Bobby, yeah, we're having a baby today. Bobby's like, okay. He is the best Swiss army knife that you could ever want in this situation. Bobby is all hands on deck. He's getting the equipment that we had ready for the home birth. He's blowing up the pool with a pump that was very easy to do. And he's filling it with warm water. 
in <laughs> Violet's room. Violet was like, please don't have this baby in my room. But we had to because we just thought, well, we don't want to disturb Fred. He sleeps in our room. It's the middle of the day. He's playing downstairs. We don't want to have the baby on the main floor. We have no choice but to set up in Violet's room. Covered in blood. No, not covered. I mean, there's some blood in Violet's room now. Violet, I apologize. I do have a carpet guy. Paragon carpet cleaning. I love him so much. North, North London. But he goes everywhere. 10 out of 10. I will be contacting you, Paragon, if I haven't uh, by the time you hear this. So the contractions are serious now. We've already got gas and air at the house. I said, hey, am I allowed this gas and air now? Because I'd never had it early with any of the babies. I'd always just turned up and had a baby and then demanded a few puffs of gas and air like as a reward. And uh, the midwife's like, yeah, of course you can take some puffs of it. The contractions are quite serious by like 2 p.m. I think 3 p.m. we get in the pool. And Bobby said to the midwife, well, how long do you think it's going to be now? And I think she said something like 20 minutes, one hour, because with my history, I have babies very quickly. And the contractions now, like if you've not had a baby before, maybe you're listening to this because you're about to have a baby or you want to have a home birth, you know, they are scary and they hurt a lot and they get closer together and stronger. But hopefully you have gas and air because, man, it was like night and day. It's awesome having the gas and air. I'd only ever done it <laughs> solo. And then you get to a point where your body starts to push. And that's how you know that you're dilated enough to have this baby. I got to the point, and that point, by the way, hurts less than the rest of the time. So I'm in the pool now. It's getting to the point where I can feel like, okay, I think we're almost ready to start pushing. But that pushing sensation was not as strong as it has been in my past births. Like it gets so strong that your body kind of vibrates and you cannot not push. It's like you have no choice but to push and pushing against the pain feels so much better than if you didn't push. Um, you almost don't even need gas and air at this point. And gas and air can be distracting at this point. If you're listening from America or Canada or somewhere else, gas and air is like laughing gas, you know, like nitrous oxide. So I start pushing, but it's not the same. It's like I'm pushing, but... I'm choosing to push. I'm cho I'm pushing because it feels better than not pushing, but there's not that like, brrr, and I'm making all the noises like ooh, vibrating, like mooing basically is what I do when I give birth. You want to make like a deep low sound that helps you. And I liked the birthing pool. It was very warm. It was really nice. It's an experience I'd never had before. But I mean, cut a long story short, this pushing went on for not 20 minutes, not one hour maybe six more hours. About an hour in, I start to notice something is happening wherein this baby is not coming down. I should have had the baby by now. I should, in my view, even though every baby's different, I know that going in. I was like, something, this, something's wrong. Something's different. And I'm changing positions. I'm in the pool. I'm doing like what I see women do in movies where they're like on all fours in the pool. And I'm Huffing on the gas and air, but the more you do that, I'm sorry, the less effective it is. It's sort of like, well, I'm, I don't know. I just didn't have that same lovely euphoria from the gas and air, and I'm sort of losing confidence. Now, the midwife is amazing. She's like keeping me positive. She kept giving me honey for some reason, like I'm a fucking grizzly bear. She's like, what you need is honey for energy. I was like, babe, the big fat quiz record takes six hours sometimes. I'm not about to fall asleep and drown in the pool. I got this. You know, I'm in it till the end. I'm not one of these people who's going to be like, eh, I can't do it anymore. No, I'm completely committed. 
And uh, I was getting in the shower sometimes. I was sitting on the toilet sometimes just because, you know, that's an optimal position for like pushing. I'm changing everything around all the time. And this is where I feel like, I don't know, something just wasn't clicking. Uh, every time I moved, I felt like I was taking one step forward, two steps back. I was feeling the baby's head and it kept going up. And I was like, that is definitely the wrong way. Like I'm no medical professional, but this head's supposed to be coming down. Meanwhile, there's the extra midwife there. Um, I'm not using their names. I don't think they care if I do use their names and I love them so much and I'm really glad I met them, uh, but I just don't use people's names. So anyway, I've used private midwife's name. If you want to use them, I guess the midwives there are probably all equally incredible, but I had two angels by my side and they were kind of playing good cop, bad cop. You know, they had different personalities. My main midwife was like, whatever you want to do, whatever your baby's telling you to do, whatever your body's telling you to do. And I was like, uh, just survive is basically the message. And you've had enough honey. And then the other midwife was like quieter, but she, I would look to her just to kind of see the expression on her face to know like what was going on. And she was giving Bobby a lot of reassurance, thumbs ups, you know, because he's running around doing a bunch of stuff. Um, worrying. I think it sucks to be the partner because you don't have control over what's going on. Not that I really had control over what's going on, but I can see that Bobby is getting discouraged and worried just like I was because we were told and we know from experience, like it shouldn't be very long. And this was taking a long time. Violet was popping her head in and out. She's making sure everybody has what they need. She said she didn't want to be there. She didn't want to witness it, but you could tell, you know, she really did. So it comes to be like just a lot of pushing, a lot of me thinking like, what the hell, where is this baby? And I can't really give you any more details than that, except to say, you know, Bobby saw me fully naked in a thousand different positions. And oh, like when you push that much, you're really supposed to push from like as deep in your bottom as you can. I really felt in one moment like my ass was inside out. And I said to the midwives like, oh my God, I feel like my ass is inside out. And I've like <laughs> prolapsed my butt, which I think can happen. And like everyone's looking at you from all angles. And I was like standing. I was like swaying on Bobby for a while as though we were slow dancing. I was really starting to like whimper, sometimes just feel like panicked, like I didn't know what to do. And there was a time that came when I was like, OK, I'm going to have to go to the hospital and have a C-section. I think that's what's going to have to happen because I don't see another way out of this. I'm pushing as hard as I can. Everyone's moving me around. We're trying all these different positions. The baby sometimes comes down and then sometimes goes back up. And like, what is she forgetting in there? Like, come the fuck out. She, I didn't know it was a girl. I just, I mean, I should have known by her behavior. But I was like, what is happening now? And I really felt panicked. So I said, can I please have my phone? And the second midwife goes, why do you want your phone? And she thought, she told me after that, I was like Googling hospitals or something, which I wasn't doing. I was just trying to find a consultant's phone number because I was going to call the consultant that she had very kindly set me up with, who was checking some of my lupus stuff. He's like an obstetrician. I knew he worked at the hospital down the road and I was going to call him and be like, yo, what would happen if I arrived in a hospital now? I've been 10 centimeters dilated for the last six hours and I'm panicked. I just wanted to know. I wanted to like get all my options out on the table. Meanwhile, I'm like in extreme pain. Like I'm doing all this stuff while I'm also trying to have a baby. So she said to me, when you asked for your phone, I actually thought that was positive. She said, I actually thought that was your transition. 
if you watch any babies being born on TV, if you watch One Born Every Minute, you will see that women have this transition where they go, no, 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 forget it. They'll like try to get their purse or like leave or they'll say, no, no, I can't do it. And that's a really good sign. That means the baby's coming. So I don't know why we try to back out at the last minute, but I just wanted, I just basically didn't want to die in front of my fucking family because I wanted to have a home birth, you know, like this should have gone better for me. I was so good at having babies before and my body was really good at getting to 10 centimeters really quickly. And then I started thinking, well, why did I go into labor almost and then stop? And then the next day go into labor almost and then stop. And then now come all this way and then stop. Like what is, what is with this stoppage? Surely my babies should slide out by now, like Fred did. So I don't make any phone calls. I just say, all right, we're doing this. Someone needs to be the leader. I can't be the leader right now. I'm busy. So someone needs to get a head torch on and tell me what the fuck to do. And then Bobby said, Violet, because he's used to scolding Violet when she acts, you know, a little bit sassy. And he was scolding me. He was like, do not talk to people in this room like that. We need everyone on the same team. So he goes, Violet. And I was like, listen, I'm just trying to get this done. So then the main midwife was like, all right, I'm going to do something now. I think your bladder is very full and you can't wee. You haven't weed in a long time. You've had an absolute jar of honey. <laughs> you greedy bear. No, she didn't say that. She was just like, I think I need to catheterize you. What? I've never been catheterized in my young life. Catheterized, I guess, is where they stick a tube in your urethra, which like kudos to them. I've never seen my urethra in my life. It's like the teeniest, tiniest pee hole. I don't know how it can be seen with the naked eye. But she's amazing. And she's so good at taking bloods too. You can't even feel her doing it. She stuck this tiny wire, I guess, into my urethra. Catheterized me. I guess if you've been catheterized, this is what it is. I've never been. And then she did something. And then out came a load of wee. So I had this like full bladder that was not helping matters, blocking things. Don't know why I couldn't pee. I'd already been to the loo like all day the other way. So that wasn't a problem. That's what happens with castor oil. And then I just pushed more, pushed more, pushed more. And all of a sudden on my daughter's bed with loads of waterproof sheets and waterproof like painters stuff on the floor, don't worry, my waters broke. They just burst everywhere again like they did with Fred. And everyone knew like, okay, this is different. This is a real point of progress. And the second midwife said to me, if your waters have gone, then the baby's coming soon after. And I said, do you think I can have this baby? And she said, yes. And I said, all right then. And then we got back in the pool and I pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed, pushed, pushed. Still just not sure what was going to happen. And then Fenna came out and she came out sunny side up, which is when you see their face pointing to the sky. So it's, some people call it back labor, you're back to back. A baby's head should be down, which is when you see babies, they have this cone shaped head. Um, because their head is down and the cone is from their head, like the back of their head, just kind of slowly making it down the birth canal. It's the optimal way to be born. Fenna's head is perfectly round because it came out like the widest bit first, like the top widest part of your head, like where your hat goes, put your hand on the top of your head. That is how Fenna came out. Look it up at the sky and her whole body just came out like blah, 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 into the pool. She swam around for a sec. They scooped her out and I was like, oh, thank God. And it wasn't easy, but it also wasn't the worst. And okay, now we know that it took so long because we're back to back, which only happens in three to 5% of pregnancies. 
it's cool. Her position must have shifted at some point and her head wasn't totally where it needed to be, which is, I guess, maybe why my labor almost started a couple times before it really started. And um, I've been reading since about sunny side up babies, which she wasn't, by the way, my whole pregnancy, she was engaged like the proper way. It's different from breach. So some of you might be listening thinking, oh, she was foot first. She wasn't foot first. She was head first, but her face was pointing to the sky, like up, same direction as my face. Uh, Well, that's confusing too. You know what I mean? Sunny side up, look it up. And um, a lot of those deliveries end in emergency C-section. So my takeaway is, yes, it was harder. Uh, Yes, Bobby saw me you know, looking quite undignified. I think he still loves me. He seems to. Eh, We went to smoke in the garden for a while alone. Not on that day, but since. He probably saw some traumatic things. Violet definitely saw some traumatic things. The midwives, I can't even believe the stuff they see in their lives and they're just cool about it. But at the end of the day, if I had been in a hospital, a private hospital or an NHS hospital, I firmly believe that at some point before Fenna was born, someone would have stepped in and been like, hey, do you want a C-section? And I might have been like, yeah. And that would have been fine because she would have arrived safely and I would be safe. But ideally, I wanted to avoid that. So that's the most grateful thing that I can say about a home birth is that it can be done at home. They do regular checks on the baby. So at no point was Fena stressed. They kept checking her heartbeat. And this is the kind of woman she is. Her heartbeat remained exactly in the right spot the entire time. And I think that's because she was undisturbed by all of this. She's like too high to be squeezed and to be stressed out. Had they done the checks, I think they're checking like every 10, 15 minutes. Had they checked and her heartbeat had been wrong, you know, they might have transferred me to hospital. They might have said, all right, let's try something else. But they remained calm and they remained, you know, they kept us calm because she was fine. And Bobby said that's something he thought about all the time. He's like, all right, well, they keep checking her and or the baby ungendered and the baby's fine so let's keep going and like my god it scared me that it took so long but I'm so happy that we got there in the end we did it I didn't even tear I know that's what everyone's wondering that's why you're tuning in did she tear did she tear uh (laughs) no like there's a little graze I tore both times last time not this time um so it was great and I feel like Mm, it's too soon to say whether I'd have a home birth again. I kind of feel like I would because this could have happened anywhere. It could have happened at the private hospital. could have happened at the NHS. Could like You never know when the baby's just going to go into a random position. However, you know, it's just good to be extra careful. I had been overconfident. I had been like, I have babies so fast. I don't even need anybody there, blah, blah, blah. I want to have my babies in a closet alone like a cat. And it's like, no, I'm really lucky that I had two midwives there who knew exactly what to do, who were really soothing. And I'm also really lucky that I had previous conversations with the obstetrician who I trusted, who I could go to in the event of an emergency, like everyone was just prepared. And you do need to take your birth quite seriously, whether you have it in a hospital, you have it at home, or you have it in a car, your baby could be really unpredictable. And just because you've had babies doesn't mean this baby is going to follow suit. I will say this is the best newborn that we've ever had. Fen has been in my arms this entire time. And she's just chill, 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 chill. Her name suits her. She is peaceful, baby. I'm so happy that she's here before Christmas. 
my mom is coming on Christmas Eve with her partner, Abe, the babe. And Violet's really excited about that. Fred's at an age where she really loves an audience. And he's quite sick at the minute, just like we all are, except for Fenna Touchwood. He's got this horrible cough that's keeping him up at night. And like, I'm not a traditionally religious person, but last night and on Friday when Fenna was born, she was born at like midnight, six minutes or five minutes past midnight. That's how long it ended up taking. So like you could call it a 12 hour labor, but I wasn't in labor that whole time. It was like soft contractions. I was only in established labor for probably seven hours, but I mean, I I said to Jesus last night, I said, please let Fred's cold go away. Like, please let him have a good night's rest. Please can this family like just chill before Christmas. We've had a crazy couple of days. And like Jesus answers. Fred could breathe last night and he slept the best he slept in like three days. And um, Jesus looked after us when Fenna was born as well. I mean, that could have gone any which way, I guess. Um, Worst of all, I guess, who knows? But avoiding a C-section was like the universe looking after us and private midwives looking after us. And I was so happy with how it went. So, so, so happy. Am I happy now that I still have to see the midwife every couple of days after she's seen what I would describe as an inside-out asshole? No. No, I'm not happy about that. You don't want someone to see like 12 sides of your naked body, you at your absolute worst. Like they've seen me looking nice in the kitchen, making tea, being like, oh yes, hello. And then they see you basically inside out for seven hours. That's not dignified, but they roll with it. And that woman looks me in the eye now and she acts like she hasn't seen into my asshole. And my butt's fine, by the way, now. It's fine. So don't be scared. Let's listen to some words from our sponsors. And when we return, I will not be doing emails because I know a lot of you are just going to be spiced up about last week's guest, my gorgeous husband, Bobby. Let's not bother with that today. We've got a lot going on. When we come back, it will be Bobby giving his account of the birth partner story. What is it like for a young man when his wife is very headstrong and says, we're going to have this baby at home? How did he feel about that? How did he cope with watching me? Uh, basically be in labor for a super long time and what exactly did he see of my asshole? Let's find out after this. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com BK, welcome. Can I just say how grateful I am for you, as always, for gifting us 
with these beautiful children and their Dutch names. And thank you for being the Swiss Army Knife on the night. Um, really uh, supportive at a time when I was disgusting and vulnerable. Thanks for being on the show. And also, my first question is, how did you feel when I initially told you that I definitely wanted to have this baby at home? Well, initially, I thought, great idea. We nearly had Fred in the car, as some of you may know. So I thought, yeah, let's get settled at home. But as it grew closer and closer to the time, I was getting very edgy and nervous about possible complications and if it was the correct spot to be at if those were to take place. Yeah, there was a point, I don't know, if, whatever weeks where I stopped worrying about what gender it was and worrying about safety of this child. Yeah. Like everything else went out the window aside from safety. So I don't know when that was, maybe like three weeks before a uh, due date or something. You but also were like, oh, but what if I have to do... You know what it was? There was a midwife appointment where she was like, oh, and if I'm not here, Bobby, here's what you do. And I think that really spooked you. Yeah, I was just overall spooked. I, You know, if I had to, I'd deliver the baby, but we just have more tools at our disposal than me. And I felt, let's maybe put it in the hands of, you know, having all options ready to go in case something were to, you know, transpire. So, yeah, got really nervous towards the end. But I feel like... What would have really been awful is another high-speed red light running transfer to a hospital. You know, like that. You almost had to deliver Fred in the car, which is worse than the house. Yeah. I guess I had so much on my mind, like, weaving through traffic that I didn't really worry about it too much. Just, like, you know, I had one mission to do, and, like, I was able to do that, and I felt I had a little bit of control. Whereas, you know, the home birth, I have very limited control other than like making sure everyone's hydrated <laughs> were you getting a lot of waters and stuff waters teas coffees i mean over the course of how long it was like 12 hours yeah i served up a few drinks here and there so how did you feel on the day so like after the midwife came and it was established that i was in three centimeters dilated it wasn't this like early latent labor anymore and i said to you i think like okay we'll go to have a baby today well i had to get my measuring tape to like determine the three centimeters mm -hmm. as a fact and then also get the measuring tape to see if the centimeters keep growing just so i know where i'm at because i know having fred what the you know goal of centimeters are one second so did you really get a tape measure and look at three centimeters versus 10 centimeters to get like a visual idea of how much I still had to dilate? Yes. You looked at three centimeters on a measuring tape. Yeah. And then you looked at 10 centimeters on a measuring tape. Yes. I thought then, you were joking. At first when you talked about the measuring tape, I thought you were kidding. No, no. You have, to, you have to You have to. get the, you know, visualization. No, we'll have to cut this yeah, out. Yeah, visualization. They know Fred's sick. I told them. Bobby hasn't slept <clears> in days. In any event, I needed to know what we were headed towards. And we got there very quickly. And then, I was a wreck. <laughs> oh no. What exactly did you see? Uh, I saw poop floating in a tub. <laughs> no, you didn't. Not until the very end. Yeah, but you asked me what did I see? What do you mean? What do I... So that stands out. That's like something that really stirs in the old 
Oh no, really? No, no, I'm kidding. I just I know that you're sensitive. I just know you're sensitive about it, and I did not care about that whatsoever. So what I saw was a, you know, lovely woman in labor for a long time, after being told, "Oh, the baby should be here very soon," like 20 minutes, and then like four hours later, like nothing is happening. So I'm starting to get like extremely concerned and trying to like, you know find my way through psychologically <laughs> how, how i'm not going to flip on everyone and tell everyone all right we're getting in my car and going to the hospital immediately yeah. um but i you know i'm not very patient at the best of times so i was really trying my best to be patient but when my wife and my you know baby are on the way i feel i felt quite helpless to be honest and it's not a great feeling yeah talk to me about that because i don't know a lot of dads even though I rap about them, I objectify them sexually. I don't hear a lot from them, like how dads feel in hospital, how dads feel at home, like, because you've had both experiences now. And like, as those hours tick by, like, what actually goes through your mind? Well, again, it's just kind of trying to remain calm and patient um, while burying feelings of nervous anxiety and helplessness and trying to remain strong and um it's yeah it's tough because you want to like do what you can to help everyone out but there's not a lot you can do other than be supportive in those times and it's uh yeah it's challenging is any of it like disgusting to you do you think zero of it is disgusting that's your thing you think oh i don't want to like do that nothing's disgusting about it that that wasn't the thing it was just feeling helpless to not be able to like in all seriousness help other than like rub your shoulders and pour warm water down your back yeah well some of some of what happened was a bit too granola for me like a bit of the like massage and a bit of the like da, 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 da. i was like i think i'm a bit more technical than that like you probably are yeah i am yeah and when she's like oh you can just hold her up in the water i was like oh my god i don't think bobby and i are this kind of people but like I think women always wonder, like, does it make you respect us more because you watch us basically go to the end of our life and like bring back a legacy for you? Or is any of it, because we've had letters before about the ick, does any of it give you the ick? Oh, there's, it's the opposite of ick, the whole experience. There's zero ick. It's only respect and admiration because it, it is really amazing. So there's zero ick whatsoever. What about when the catheter went in and then all this piece? I was excited because that was one of the biggest chucks of pisses I've ever seen. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, we should get this piss out. What about when I was like, ladies, I think my asshole's inside out. Well, wouldn't be the first time. Did you ever see my actual ass? No, I Hole. didn't want to like, I didn't care to like, you know, they had the uh, little special mirror. Ugh. I didn't have a go at like that. Yeah, there's no need. Uh, oh, I, I just want to know the stats and like how much time we have. You know, I just need to know where we're, where we're pacing at just for expectation sake. So when I'm told one thing and then it's, you know, hours have passed that deadline, then I start to get concerned because where's the baby? Yeah. So for the night or day, the night, the whole day, morale was high to start and then morale was really high and then morale was low. <laughs> like for hours. The, there was a low morale for a long, 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 long time. And that's when I started to think, uh, let's maybe get to the hospital. Da, da, da. It ended up working that it was perfect at home because the hospital could have been a disaster. 
in any event, when the waters broke, and then you really turned everyone up, you took everyone on the shoulder on your shoulders, and uh, you know took us over the finish line. And I knew everything was gonna be fine after those waters broke. So in a very short time in your life, BK, you went from being a bachelor who lived within a spitting distance from the best burrito place in probably the world, if not Canada, for sure. Yeah, definitely the world. (laughs) So having two kids, two very different births of these babies, one in hospital fast with a car chase, one at home slowly with some uncertainty. I feel like you have a broad spectrum of experience to give the birthing partner listeners some advice. You have to trust the birther at all times, I think, because, you know, if your wife says or your partner says, yeah, I want to have a home birth, you have almost very little to no say, and you have to go along with it. Um, So you have to kind of put your own feelings inside yourself and think what's best for her. And the mom's always going to be right. So in both cases, I think we were right or you were right. And I went along with it. Um, At the end of the day with the home birth, it it was perfect. So um, yeah, I would say just trust your partner. And do you feel like you still might want to have one more baby or is that off the table? Let's wait a couple weeks. (laughs) <laughs> I will not lie. Before Fena came out, I was genuinely thinking to myself, like, why did I even want to have another kid? What am I doing? Like, our lives are getting so easy. Yeah, Fred was really coming to his own. Oh, Fred's Fred was great until exactly the minute Fena was born. And then he got struck down with this terrible cough that we all have. And now it's like having two newborns in tandem, like, up all night. Only Fred is much worse than Fena. Mm-hmm. And we just feel so bad for him right now. And we're definitely man on man. Um, But he really turned a corner today. But I think, look, am I crazy? Because I really believe, and maybe this makes me a massive, like, narcissist with a God complex. But I feel like when I don't give Fred the attention that he's used to, he really deteriorates. And I feel like when we went to L.A., he got sick because we were gone for three days. And now I've had a baby. And what happens again? He's, like, very sick. Well, I think we just need to keep Violet away from him. Oh my God, Violet is patient zero. At any time Fred is sick, it comes from Violet naturally. I mean, she's the only that like hangs out outside of the bubble that we're yeah. in most, you know, most of the time. So she brings home these disgusting teenage diseases from like eating fried chicken on a bus. Like these teenage girls do not look after themselves, and they all want acrylic nails. Guess what those are? Germ traps under their dirty little fingernails is nothing but strep A. And you teenage girls. And hep C. Yeah, mostly hep C. <laughs> you need to get your act together. Everyone apart from Anaya, the best teenage girl that we know. But everyone else, wash your ass, you dirty little girls. Oh, my God. Um, and finally, one thing that really, really shocked me to the core is that I posted a black and white, because I'm not an animal, picture of my placenta. Placenta is a temporary organ that your body makes to support birth, and then you deliver the placenta after you deliver the baby. And I am shocked to hell that a lot of grown people and women don't even know that. And secondly, don't even know what a placenta looks like. 
Like, how bad is women's science, women's health, like, that so many messages being like, what is that? It's a fucking placenta. Like, would you agree, BK? Like, if that came out of a man, don't you think we would know what it looked like? Like, why doesn't anybody know what a placenta looks like? I mean, I hardly do. And it looks like a steak. And then, you know, a lot of guys will be like, what are you showing that for? That's gross. Just because they're like, whatever. Because it comes out of your vagina. Well, guess what came out of no, your vagina? No, not because of jump, Not because of, they're just like... Ignor- a lot of people are ignorant and they're like, oh, I don't want to see that because they have not gone through it. All those people are from, you know, they're either... Texas? people. <laughs> no, they've Texas has babies. It's from someone who hasn't had a baby or like doesn't know what it is and is very like, oh, I don't want to see that because I think it's gross. And it's not gross. And it just comes from a place of you know ignorance it is they do think it's gross because it comes out of your badge that is why because they don't think a butcher is gross they see like lungs and they see veal and they see steak and they see like chicken breasts they don't think that's gross so like flashback you know five years ago i wouldn't ever like say oh that's gross what is that it'd be like oh that's strange like really that's strange i wouldn't like ever like go out of my way to like express these feelings to you or whoever but it comes from a place of not knowing and being like, well, why is this here? I don't understand. And so they try to like. Yeah, but why yeah. don't they know? Why is there a whole organ that women make that people, including women, don't even know what it looks like? Guys don't know where a lot of things are on the female body. Slam. <laughs> You're right. So least of all deep inside <laughs> of you because they can't get there. No, they can't. I can only get halfway there for Christ's sake. So. Yeah. Well. I feel like that's everything. I feel like we covered it. What would you say um, if you had to score the births? Fred's birth, Fenna's birth. Which did you enjoy more? Fred's. <laughs> yeah. Just because I was distracted, I was, um, again, like ignorant because you're like, oh, go downstairs. I'm going to just be, we'll have the baby in the morning. And I'm like, do, 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 do my thing. And then it's like all of a sudden game time. And then from like my time on the clock that day was for, one and a half hours. Yeah. My time on the clock for Fena was 12 hours. So. Well, welcome to having a girl. <laughs> yeah. So it was, Fred was, I didn't have time to like get through it all. With Fena, I was kind of stuck in some time frozen place. Talk to me about her name. Well, she's very peaceful and that's what her name represents in the Netherlands, in Friesland more specifically, which is the northern part of Holland. But um, you picked it out, and I right away agreed. I love her name. I think that's why it cuts like a knife when people butcher it around the city. Fana is such a beautiful sound. Like, it's just such a lovely name. Does your Beppe know what her name is? I'm sure she does. Have you spoken to your Beppe? Let's get her on the podcast. We'd have to buy her a phone. She would love to be on the podcast. Do you know how happy she probably is that her name's Fena? Yeah, she's probably thrilled. I'm sure she's heard it through the grapevine, you know. But you've had no reports? No reports just yet. Um, it's It's been days. You know, once the telegraph reaches her. <laughs> well, I want to know what the Dutch family think about Fena. I love her, and it would do me such a solid if everyone could just... Pronounce it properly, please, or give me some tips on how British people can say it right. Because I was anticipating, you know, a little adding of the R on the end, like Pepper and George. I know you guys will be like, Fenner and Fred. We don't put an R on the end of an A. We just say 
Senna. Senna. If her name had an R on it, we would say Fenner. If her name had an A, we'd say Fanner. Fanna. It's Senna. Thank you for listening. I hope that you watch my stand-up special, Misses, when it comes out on Sky and Now TV, December 29th, 2022. If you don't have Sky or you don't have Now, the easiest thing for you to do is subscribe. You can subscribe to Now right on your phone or your laptop and try it for a month. There's so much stuff on there. Loads of HBO, MTV, Comedy Central. Like I love Now TV. We watch a lot of stuff on there, don't we? Yeah, I get a lot of my sports from there. Not to like diss Sky at all. It's just because I lived in a church for a long time and we weren't allowed Sky. I love Sky. Sky's also made romantic comedy with Ramesh. That comes out on New Year's Day, January 1st. It is a heist comedy film that you can watch with the two of us. I'm doing big fat... Oh, it's a series. What did I say? Film. Film? Well, if you watch it all at once, it's a film. It is. I'm also doing the big fat quiz of the year on Boxing Day at 9 p.m. And very excitingly, I was invited on the Jonathan Ross New Year's Eve special. And I'm doing brand new stand-up that I wrote in the car slamming you, Bobby. Not you, but your five-hour hobby. So, like, if you haven't seen me do stand-up in a while, there's so many, so many opportunities, and I appreciate your support. I will try to get my voice back ASAP. Uh, spoiler alert, my voice is also gone in my stand-up comedy special, Misses. So, you know, it's just a bit sexier, that's all. I hope that you're all well. Please cover your mouth when you cough, and I hope you're having champagne cocktails at your local pub. Merry Christmas. My mom will probably be on the podcast next week because she's in town. Ho, ho, ho. Bobby's moving out, but it will be me and my mom. Jules oh. on the podcast. Listen to this actual cough. <coughs> I love Jules, by the way. So nice try. Merry Christmas. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.